Welcome to Inspire Her Health, your podcast for all things her. We are a one-stop shop dedicated to inspiring you to live your best by providing the latest tips, tricks, and stories from leading experts in the industry. Our mission is to bring women just like you together in an inspiring community to enhance your mind, body, and life in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, sister. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. So let's begin. This episode is brought to you by our favorite superfood company, Energy Bits. Energy Bits are tiny nutrition tablets that contain spirulina and chlorella algae. These algae tablets are safe, pure, and packed with over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein. These fast, easy, convenient raw tablets can be swallowed, chewed, added to smoothies, salads, trail mix, or other healthy snacks. Now, not all algae is created high quality, but at Inspire Her Health, we trust and stand behind Energy Bits tablets because they are the only algae brand sold, endorsed, trusted, and used by doctors, nutritionists, and wellness professionals nationwide. They are also endorsed by over 50 Olympic athletes and professional athletes. So whether you're an athlete yourself, a mom like me, working professional, wellness buff, or somebody in between, these superfood tablets are sure to help improve your immune system, energy, focus, hunger, beauty, nutrition, and overall health. Visit Energy Bits website to learn more and order your LG superfood tablets today. Go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off. Once again, go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off your order of these amazing algae superfood tablets. Welcome to another episode of Inspire Her Health Podcast. I'm Christine Nicole, your host, CEO, and founder of Inspire Her Health. On today's episode, we have Suzanne Carpenter. She is a certified nutrition consultant and the CEO and founder of Carpenter 180 Coaching. Suzanne's approach to coaching is empowering women to break through food confusion and finally lose weight for good. She is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the science behind diet and exercise and the impact each has on female fat loss. Suzanne gives us tips and tricks on how to break through food confusion and navigate through the overwhelm in the diet culture. She explains how incorporating more of one key nutrient into your diet daily can help boost your metabolism and help reach your health and weight loss goals. You are in for a real treat, women. She is a breath of fresh air. She takes the confusion out of the whole journey of weight loss and really gives you the bare bone facts of what it really takes to lose weight as women. 
We are so different than men in so many levels and our hormones play a huge role in it as well. So we dive deep into all of these things in this episode. And I know after you listen to it, you are going to feel inspired, uplifted, and feel like you can write some things down because there is a lot of information to take in. So pull up a chair, get cozy, get a pen, get a piece of paper and be ready to learn all about female fat loss. So welcome, Suzanne, to the show. So excited to have you here with us today. I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so it's such a pleasure to actually hear your voice. It's great. <laughs> so we, um, I would love to tell our listeners a little bit about your story and how you got started with your coaching um, business and just letting them know who you are. Sure. So it, my name is Suze and then by trade, I'm called a nutritional consultant. So basically all that means is I clear up food confusion so that people can win at losing weight because I realize that we really have a serious problem. Women are suffering because they're frustrated and confused about what it takes to lose weight. So I just went ahead and developed some really inexpensive online programs, um, basically to help them understand what to eat so they get their weight right where they want it and they stop the suffering anymore, and they just start living a life that they love um, where they're not compromising their lifestyle. And so at home, I am a mother of four, and I've been married 24 years. I live just north of Atlanta in Georgia, and I promise you, at least once a quarter of every single year, I can still turn a white load of laundry pink. It's just this epic <laughs> thing I'm capable of. But I jumped into this space kind of by accident. So I had the secret my whole life. Like I had a secret that I didn't even plan to tell my husband. It was such a secret. And um, one day I was asked, so you say you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And that question, like it stopped me in my tracks. And it, I lost some sleep on that one. And that question brought up the fact that I had an eating disorder since I was in high school. And if I didn't start doing something to get help for me, odds were pretty good my girls were going to grow up and they were going to do the same thing that I was doing, which was I would restrict my calories as much as I could. And then I would binge. When biology would take over, I would eat all the things. And then I tried to use exercise to outrun my fork. And then later on in life, I introduced abusing laxatives. And I was miserable. I was always hungry. I was always afraid of food. I was second guessing if I wanted to go out to eat or go to somebody's house. I mean, food was this thing I battled all the time. And it felt like I had this kinetic energy in my arms and all over me, like stress from hiding my secrets. So that question made me realize I didn't want my girls to do that. So I really set out just to get me help to be a role model for them. And then as they would say, your message is found in your mess. And hidden in plain sight is the stuff about nutrition that we didn't know that really I was looking for these answers my whole life and couldn't find them as much as I was looking on my own. But once I was taught this, I was like, hold on, this is, this is going to happen. I have got to get this message out so that I can help people end the suffering so they don't have to suffer as long as I did. And because it's not as hard once you begin to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's, it's, you know, I hear the story so often from people who, who are coaches and a lot of them get into being coaches because they go through a struggle themselves, you know, similar to what you're going through. And then it ignites that spark inside them to be able to give back to the world and help others through the same struggle. So, you know, it's quite an incredible journey and story that you went through. And honestly, this is a story that I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to. Women seem to have this chronic a horrible relationship with dieting and food obsession and, you know, obsession with the scale and the way they look. And over time that does create that misery, that poor self image, that poor self talk. And you hear Mm -hmm. that over and over again. And honestly, I can relate. I, your story really hit a lot of chords with me because that was exactly me. I was a chronic yo-yo dieter, you know, restricting calories. I would eat so little and exercise so much to the point of burning out. Like I literally, literally burnt out and my health took a toll. My mental, my emotional state took a toll. And actually that's one of the reasons that ignited me to get into coaching space as well. So I can totally relate to your story. So I thank you for sharing that. That's so inspirational. I bet there's so many people out there like us, like you said, that are listening. Like I look back on some of the things that I did and some of the fears that I had. One of the the biggest ones was I was so afraid to not work out that if I traveled, like say to go visit family, I was so anxious about that day traveling because I was going to miss this workout. And I had this fear that suddenly I would gain all this weight back or we would go to Disney world with the kids. And when they were little, like in cribs, pack in place, I would sneak out of our hotel room really early in the morning to go for a run or to work out because I couldn't miss that. Like I couldn't even let my body shift into rest. So I understand like what you're saying. I was kind of always in that parasympathetic fight or flight and I didn't know the way out. Like I was really wanting somebody to reach out a hand and pull me out of the hurricane of insanity and rescue me. I just didn't have the voice yet to say it, to say I need help. Mm -hmm. I was too afraid. I was too ashamed of what I was doing that I thought if I, the shame was so big, in fact, that I had decided for everybody else how they were going to respond if I ever told the secret. And that's why I never wanted to share it. I thought I'd be unlovable and unlikable. Worse yet, all my best efforts had me falling short of solving this problem. So then it was very difficult to believe that somebody else, professional or not, could stand in the gap with information that I didn't have because I was looking so hard for it. And I thought, if I tell this secret, my integrity and character is on the line if I can't walk this thing through. Mm -hmm. And right there, I think, is the tension of why we hesitate to reach out for help from somebody who's gone before us, is you're just not sure change is possible for yourself, even though it seems like it is for everyone else. It's a big lie that we believe that holds us back. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you tell yourself that over and over again, because with this type of lifestyle, it's a it's a yo-yo effect, right? So you, you know, I know with me personally, I, you know, I would lose the weight and I would be on this train. I'd be like, I'm exercising every single, like every single day, like sometimes twice a day, like it was insane. And I would, I would get down to the size I wanted to get down and I'd feel great. And then something would happen and I have an emotional trigger. And then, you know, I'd eat, 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 like you said, um, in my case, alcohol was a really hard, a big factor in that too. 
And then I would gain the weight back and then that poor self, poor, you know, the pity would, you know, step back in oh, and I'd just yeah. be like, there's no, there's no, there's no other way. Like I have to try it all over again. I have to keep on going, you know? And I think that, and I, I, I could probably guess that you're, you're a woman that's driven and you want to accomplish goals. And I think a lot of women who are like us in that way, this is the cycle they go on to. And that's why it's so hard, like you said, for them to ask for help because they are so used to doing everything themselves, right? They're so used yes. to controlling their lives and being, you know, yes. the captain of their ship. So I think it's really, it is very hard for those kind of women to really say, you know, I'm vulnerable right now and I need to get that coaching yes. and help. That's a yes. big one. Yes. And you know, another thing you said is the person who's like that, who's yo-yoed up and down, when you're at a point where the weight is up, your emotional level is down. And that idea of climbing that hill again, it's like you're climbing a hill to get the weight off. You're going up a journey. And that feels so heavy and so hard because you've already done it before that it's discouraging to have to start again. And there's an element of instead of what did I learn from the last time? It Most people approach it from I was a failure. I don't know that I can ever succeed here. And I'm trying so hard to flip this paradigm of let's actually make this thing easy. Like let's let biology work in your favor. Let's, let's, let's learn the foundation that we were not taught when we were in high school about food because it was hidden in plain sight for me. It was from so many people. Let's learn about protein, fat, and carbohydrate, but let's like really dial in on fiber part of a carbohydrate because that's the part that's going to get in there and change your life if we can get that fiber up. And let me teach you the foundation because so many people go to a fad diet or they go to what's working for their neighbor, or they do a something, but they don't have this foundation. And that foundation is, what groceries do I buy? What do I put on my plate for meals? How do I feed myself so that I am able to store glycogen and burn fat for fuel? How do I do this? How do I read labels? Like My whole mission is, can I empower you? And then, of course, there's so many people that niche into the big words and the fancy specifics of nutrition but we've got to get this baseline right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about just learning how to eat healthy and making right food choices and all those sort of things. So I want to ask you a question, like, you know, we're talking about restrictive dieting and it being, you know, it's such a, there is such a, a big, in the diet culture, it's always some label, right? Like first it was Atkins and now it's keto and then paleo and you know, yeah. you want a calorie restrict here, or maybe we're going to intermittent fast. Like what do you, or cutting out fats, like fats was a bad thing for a long time. Like what is your take on that restrictive dieting culture and you know, the danger it causes for women? No, I think it got us exactly where we are right now is what I think about all that. Like 70% of Americans were obese or overweight going into the COVID crisis. And First off, for so long, I heard people say, well, it's not a good time for me to start working on my weight or working on getting myself back because you know what? I've got a trip coming. I've got an event coming. I have a party coming. And there was always an event that kept somebody from getting after this important thing for their health. And then here, you know, COVID happens and you have nothing to do and it's getting worse. So I imagine the 70% is higher. So it's a really interesting thing to think about restriction is probably one of the biggest things that got us right where we were. Because you remember back when the fat-free craze did happen and Snackwell cookies came out, mm -hmm. none of us understood anything. And we thought fat was villainized. 
And if we took fat out, we were going to lose weight. Well, that was right about the time that this thing started ramping up. Yeah. And it's really understanding that our bodies need all three macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrate. I happen to prescribe to, again, we've got to focus on the five of a carbohydrate. Um, but I, I think that if we start getting into this restriction of, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start a diet and I'm going to be perfect for the rest of my life starting tomorrow. And I know so many women that think that, which means today's the last supper. So I'm going to eat all of the things that I love. Mm -hmm. That's a bad, that's a bad place to start is just right there. But then when you start tomorrow and the plan is I'm going to be perfect forever. Oh boy. Then that happens, the restriction loop. And what are you doing? You're thinking about the foods that you can't have. So instead, what we have to really be thinking about is, is the way I'm eating right now to lose weight or maintain weight the way I see myself eating when I'm 70? Because if the answer is no, then we have not found the pattern of eating that's mm -hmm. right for you right now. Because really we're seeing clearly there's a gym on every corner the whole exercise to maintain weight does not, or lose weight does not work. We're really starting as a culture to see it does come down to what we're eating. But what is more important is that we've got to get this thing down to, we're creating a lifestyle where you don't feel restricted. You don't feel like you're denied or you're deprived, but better you understand how to, well, you have to use compromise and discipline in every area of life, right? Like relationships, yeah. your job, you have to get up on time, you have to pay your bills, you have to do all the things like that. Well, somehow in nutrition, it's like it was decided a while ago, let's just take all compromise and discipline out. This can be like the one lane, you anything goes. When really, in fact, this is the place that we need to pull compromise and discipline back into now so that we can have success here. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm talking about gene size or vanity. It is truly about how do you feel about your inside? Like, are you looking in the mirror and is the mean girl talking to you? Or are you feeling empowered and in control and you're speaking love and life over yourself because... I know we all want to go do big things. I know we all want to move things forward, scale businesses, pour into relationships, and become better thought leaders, um, be leaders in our community. But if we're waking up in the morning feeling like an underdog or insecure, that's a big hole you have to climb out of every single mm. day in yeah. order to be ready to go advance your day. And so, so much of this is about can we learn simple disciplines long enough and keep them as the beginning of a lifestyle where we can make true lasting change so you don't have to climb out of that hole so much every single day because that's where most women are starting out and and i think that's why women are pulling back and kind of like that lethargy sleepy want to stay in leggings all day so some of it is we've got to realize all right that means no more restrictive dieting i need to create a lifestyle and we've got to ponder what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's it's really nice to hear your uh, take on exercise because you hear so often from, and I think this is maybe where the diet and weight loss culture falls short in so many levels, is a lot of the information out there is based on exercise. Like, you, you mm -hmm. know, you... The, here's uh, the, this workout, you're going to burn such and such calories or, you know, do this to lose weight, uh, you know, this amount of steps you need in a day. And honestly, like, and I think you probably relate with me on this one. If you are going to lose weight, it's 80% diet and 20% exercise. And I think a lot of people are shifting that paradigm and, you know, over-exercising. So 
can you give us a little bit of the reasoning why exercise is not as important as diet for losing weight? Yes. And I love this subject so much. And I agree with what you said. It's at least 80%. And if not more, um, 90% about what you eat. Like think about people that you know that um, have trained for marathons or they're the girls or the boys that are always in the gym, but they never, ever, ever change shape. Oh yes. But they're working their guts out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Couple of things. We burn calories in three ways. One way is your body just existing. Just doing things that you can't control, blinking, breathing, defecating, uh, heart beating, all of it. It's like That's the majority of your calorie burn for the day. It's just keeping your body alive. Like Think about when you've been in the bed with the flu and you've lost weight. I mean, it, a lot of it has to do with because your body's on overdrive working just to make your system work. That's a big part of calorie burn. The next part of calorie burn is involuntary stuff like uh, digesting food and swallowing and, and blinking. That would be the category for that. Um, things that you can't control, but your body still does, that's thermogenesis. So digesting food. So when you're eating fiber and fiber is indigestible, your body's burning extra calories trying to digest that. Okay. That's the majority of your calorie expenditure. The other maybe, maybe 20% is fidgeting and exercise falls in that 20% of the fidgeting. Fidgeting is uh, talking right now. It's waving your hand. It's scratching your head. It's carrying groceries in the house or sitting up to drive the car. That's all that 20% of fidgeting and exercise is within that. That's how small of a piece of the pie that it really is. So I believe exercise was like 90% of it. And what I ate was 10%. I had it completely flipped. So the idea of not exercising was terrifying to me mm -hmm. until I learned about how our body burns calories with the food. And that's why the fiber part was so eye opening to me. But when I really began to understand about like, we overestimate how many calories we burn. We underestimate how many calories we eat. Like there was a study out there where there's this guy on a treadmill and there's a man standing next to him, not on a treadmill, eating a piece of pizza. Man on the treadmill has to run his guts out full speed during the entire time that man with the pizza is eating the pizza. So guy eats the pizza in like, let's say 30 seconds, home, 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 it's gone. <laughs> to the tune of 300 calories for the slice of pizza. Guy on the treadmill running his guts out, he burned 11 calories. I mean, for the same amount of time in full tilt, you're burning that many calories, that's not very many, but yet you can consume so many in a pizza. So like to lose a pound, I think most of your listeners would know you have to create a calorie deficit of 3,500 calories. For the average person, if you run your brains out at full speed for an hour, that's about a 500 calorie burn. Fitbits are not accurate. Like they did that study in New York where somebody wore six Fitbits on one arm and they all said something different after the guy came back from the run. So if you go run for about an hour, it's about a 500 calorie burn. Now let's be real. Who's gonna have the energy to run that fast for that long, seven days in a week to burn 3,500 calories? The second part, so it's a lot of time and it's a lot of effort. The second part to that is when you're doing excessive cardio like that, we all know it makes us so hungry. Yeah. So your body's wired because it's getting all freaked out because you just worked it out so hard. It's going to turn on the hungry so you don't waste away to nothing. So now your appetite's ravenous and you're having to fight that. So 
you definitely want to exercise for endorphins, for cardiovascular health, for lean muscle, for community, for sanity, for all the right reasons. But in terms of ex for weight loss, it's actually just a small piece of the pie. Yeah, that's, I love how you explain that because it just makes so much sense. And I'm sure a lot of the <laughs> listeners are going to be like, what? What? Like, you're blowing I'm... my mind right now. That's not what I've heard. And it's so true. There was, a, and especially as women, I think, you know, we're talking about women here, right? And, and a lot of the diet culture really focuses on men and then they just throw women in the mix. And our bodies, our hormones are so sensitive to certain things um, and I know there was a study done on over-exercising cortisol levels and then estrogen yeah. with women. Um, do you know much about that? Can you give us a little information on that? Well, I know enough to be dangerous that if you're constantly stressed and in fight or flight or you're over-exercising, your body will release cortisol. Because if you're doing an exercise, by the way, that you don't like that's, or that's not right for your body, your body will release cortisol because it's a response for stress hormone. And the bad news is it just basically causes your body to store belly fat. I'm mm -hmm. skipping a whole lot of the sciencey words just to give you the bullets. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I mean, I get lost in like, wait, that word had seven syllables in it. I, what? <laughs> but basically, I, that's what happens. So like, I have friends who were hardcore CrossFitters. And they were lifting up tires and they were throwing across the room. And they were getting thick. Mm -hmm. And their arms were just getting really, really puffy. And they were religious, like five days a week. And they learned that that wasn't the right type of exercise for them. They had done a DNA test that said, you know, you'd be better off doing something more like yoga, something that was a little less strenuous. And they shifted up their exercise routine and they just slimmed right on down. Their arms yeah. slimmed off, the body fat went away because they didn't have all that cortisol coursing through them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you say that about the, the CrossFit and it relates to me so much because before I kind of, I, I guess I would say my breakthrough in ditching the yo-yo dieting and really losing the weight for good, I was, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't into CrossFit, but I was into boot camp a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I remember getting to a point and I'm talking like same thing, five days a week, six days a week where I was like, why am I not losing weight? Like I'm going and I'm working out, you know, I'm working out for an hour and I'm sweating. And I feel like I'm going to vomit. And I, it wasn't until I talked to a naturopath and finally, cause there were some other things going on with my health. And she said, you know, you've got to start doing some more relaxing exercises and yoga was one and Pilates and walking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said before, with people being so overwhelmed with the fact that, oh my gosh, like I should exercise less, like this doesn't make sense. Yeah. But when I did that, when I finally was okay with myself and said, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be beneficial and I just have to believe it will. Yeah. Just like you said, honestly, the weight just literally just dropped off and I didn't really do much more other than do relaxing exercises, change my diet, of course, but it was, it was from that moment on that I realized, you know, these, these really intense high energy workouts for some people, especially for women are not always the best thing for if you wanted to slim down. And I hope that's really liberating to the person that just heard that and that you didn't put up a wall and go, yeah, but that's for everybody but me, because I think I would have done that 
mm-hmm. 10 years ago, but there really is so much truth and wisdom to that. Like pick an exercise that you genuinely look forward to doing that you'll do. And that's the right exercise for you, really. I mean, I know people who they love doing boot camp. That that calms them down, that type of energy level. So that's the right place for them. They feel so good afterwards and peaceful. If I do boot camp, I'm all wound up and upset and mad. And, and so I know it's not the right fit. But I hope the person listening to this finds this like, oh, and, and that you're able to go, okay, is what I'm doing working and getting me results like I want? And if that answer is no, then it's worth going, okay, so maybe to get a different result, I have to do something a little differently, even though it really challenges my thinking and what I believe to be true. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, being able to have that conversation with yourself or maybe check in with yourself. If next time you're working out, if, you know, if you're feeling like I'm stressed every time I'm doing this you, you know, workout class or whatever it may be, you're going for a run. If you feel that afterwards you're not relaxed and you're in a you know a state of peace and happiness then maybe that exercise you know regime is not right for you and it's such an important thing to to be able to tune into your body and really see and feel how it's it's reacting to this type of exercise so yeah i'm really that happy can, that we had that conversation about that for sure that could be the first time somebody's doing that too cuz i know there's a lot of us that are just we're going full tilt, 17 kinds of awesome and slowing down to take that assessment of yourself. This could be the first time somebody's ever doing that. Like it's really, it's a new thought pattern to have. It really is. Yeah. I mean, that goes all into the whole mindfulness and, and how important that is, which is, which is a whole nother podcast episode that we could have. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's, it's really nice to hear your take on this. It's such a breath of fresh air because it kind of really does break through the confusion of what's online, all the conflicting stuff out there. Now you did talk a lot about fiber and Mm -hmm. thinking of carbohydrates as fiber instead. Can you tell us more about that? Oh yes. This was huge to learn. And this is a part that I, I'm on a mission to tell people about this because it's, it's just, it's amazing. Okay. So fiber is a zero calorie part to a carbohydrate, but it is found within a carbohydrate. So if you turn over a label of anything, you'll see carbohydrate and then right underneath it, you'll see fiber. So what you want to do is subtract the fiber number from the carbohydrate number, and that will tell you net carb. So your body cannot digest fiber. It's completely indigestible. And the good news about that is your body's going to burn massive calories trying to digest it while it's working itself through your body. So this is by adding fiber in, you will rev your metabolism. Now, the other things is weight loss is actually the side effect of getting healthy. So a high fiber diet scientifically links to lowering blood pressure, balancing cholesterol, reducing hypertension, uh, reducing inflammation in the GI tract and in the body, reducing risk for colon cancer and breast cancer, um, feels like there's, oh, there's so many benefits, but clearer skin, your eyes will be brighter, but fiber actually, it's like a super unsexy nutrient, you know, like grandma, <laughs> grandpa used to talk about it, but really what it is, is because your body can't digest it. And then you're drinking water, fiber will swell in your stomach. And when your stomach stretches, it tells your brain you're full. And then fiber acts like a broom and a sponge. So it will, 
it'll soak up extra calories, fats, and toxins and usher them out of the body into the toilet bowl. Studies show that when you get your fiber from average Americans around 15 grams, when you get your fiber up to 24 grams a day, you'll malabsorb about 90 calories a day. Over the course of a year, by adding this in, it could be up to a 10 pound weight loss just by upping your fiber. Now your body, in the absence of net carb, your body will burn fat for fuel. So we store carbs in two places, your muscle or your liver. Those are like your tanks. So think about your gas, your gas of your car. And you got, it's all full. Your gas tank is completely full and you decide, well, I'm gonna go grab another $100 worth of gas because I'm gonna drive over to Michigan today. But your tank is full. There's no way you know, it's gonna go in anywhere. It's gonna spill out onto the floor. Well, the same thing happens in your body. If your two tanks are already full, it's going to spill out into a third bucket, your liver and your muscle being one of two buckets, but the third bucket's going to be body fat. Mm -hmm. So if we can create space in your two tanks so that when you eat food, there's space for it to store, your body's going to be forced to burn fat for fuel instead. So the way we do that is not by having a no carb diet, but by just watching the total carbohydrate and increasing the fiber because fiber negates carbohydrate. So Americans just got in this habit of being carb addicts. It, it, was, it was just so extreme to one end that we were taking in so many, especially when we took out fat and we were having snack wells. Mm -hmm. We were taking in so many carbs that convert to sugar and your body would prefer to burn sugar than body fat. So really what we're doing is we're learning how to instead put on our plate protein, fat, and fiber fiber being part of the carbohydrate, but if we can up that fiber, we get so many of its benefits and it helps us to pull the carb number down so that biology is working in our favor. But we have to also pair it with protein because protein is a building block for lean muscle and muscle is where we store our carbs. So we've got to hang on to the lean muscle. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but bad news is once you turn 30, we girls started losing about a half a percent of muscle mass mm -hmm. a year. That means our tank is getting smaller. So we want to eat the protein to preserve what we've got and potentially build it. But I mean, like girls, don't worry about like all of a sudden you're going to be hulky big. I mean, it's hard to put on muscle. I'm working hard to hold on to what I have. And I have these long lean muscles, but then we want the fat also because it helps you to feel full longer. It slows gastric emptying. It balances hormones, balances temperature. So having those three things on your plate, you can decide what form of protein I mean, if you're, if you're going with the um, movement of no meat at all, you can go, you can find your protein sources the way you need to. Same thing if, with the fat sources that you want. You can source whatever food you want for those nutrients, but we need them on your plates. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you say that. Just cut, you know, the three portions of the plate, because it gives, it gives the listeners quite a, a visual of what the plate should look like. And, you know, what you're saying about, you know, fibers and sexy, and it's something that we think about our grandmothers. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners are thinking, okay, so I want to up my fiber. It sounds great. Do I have to go get like Metamucil or oh, yeah, <laughs> where no. can I get extra fiber in my diet? Can you, can you let us know? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I know most people are like Metamucil. No, it's um, whole grains and then uh, legumes and fruits and vegetables. So with your fruit, let's say I have fruit in the morning. Again, fruit got vilified. If you love fruit, I just tend to have a serving and have it in the morning. Go with your berries because those are the highest fiber. Blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, boysenberries. Um, 
for your green leafy vegetables, or your non-starchy vegetables, just go for it. I mean, broccoli, cauliflower, hearts of palm, asparagus, zucchini, your peppers, onions, garlic, leafy vegetable, like your kale, spinach, arugula, that type of thing. You can just go to diabetes.org and pull up non-starchy vegetables. And then that's where you're going to find a tremendous fiber source. Couple other things are um, people can follow me on Instagram, and every day I usually put up at least one of my food things that I'm having. What I don't want anyone to think is I eat broccoli and chicken for every meal. <laughs> I have figured out ways to take like high fiber tortillas and make pizzas out of them. And I mean, like pizzas that my kids make for their snacks because they're like, they're really good. Or uh, there's something called Gigi crackers that you can get from Amazon. These are four grams of fiber each cracker. Now, I mean, I want you to think bland and unflavorful graham cracker, like dry like that. But these are a vessel to get a lot of fiber <laughs> into your mouth. And you just top it with something. Like you could top it with marinara sauce and string cheese and nuke it for a couple seconds and make a pizza. You could top it with peanut butter and sugar-free jelly and make peanut butter and jellies. You could top it with Greek whipped cream cheese and smoked salmon and make kind of like a tweaked up bagel. Mm. I mean, there's so many things we can do with these Gigi crackers to top them. They're just kind of like a base to get the fiber up. There is, you'll be shocked when you start watching, like I make waffles and I add fiber powders to them. I make biscuits and we made carrot cake muffins yesterday. What we're trying to do is just like take ingredients and then redo them for a lot of the foods that we're eating right now, just so that we keep the net carb a little bit lower rather than just having it skyrocket out of control everywhere. But I want to quickly say we do that so that we eat kind of like the normal things that, you know, kids would eat or what we would want to eat here. But I also know what my top five favorite foods are of all time. So that like, let's say I hear a lot of times people's top five favorite food is macaroni and cheese. That one comes on the list a lot. Mm -hmm. So if you have like your favorite macaroni and cheese and it's, it's in front of you, not the craft one, unless craft macaroni and cheese is in your top five. But if you're like, I like me a five cheese truffle macaroni and cheese, that kind of thing. And it's in front of you. I'm going to tell you to have it, not to skip it. But if all the other times it's just going to be janky macaroni and cheese, make it with some of the healthier tweaks so that when you're in front of the version you really, really want, you can have it with no regrets. That's how we get out of this restrictive mindset. Yeah. And that's, that's so good that you said that. Cause uh, you know, you see a lot of this vilifying of foods, like this is bad food. This is good food. And no. and that, and that really feels that whole guilty, um, the guilt and that really horrible relationship that people have around food because you know, it's either a green light or red light, green light or red light. There's no in between. And I like how you said, have that, have your treat, but maybe yes. think, maybe think next time what you could do to make it a little bit healthier, right? Maybe you could yeah. add some more fiber to it or healthier fats or protein or whatever it is. So yes, I like your take on that. That is so, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to be like, oh, eureka moment. Oh, this is great. I don't have to eat salads for the rest of my life, you know? No, no. But I mean, like if, here's what I do. So I know my top five favorite foods and everybody I work with, this is something we work on figuring out pretty quick. And it takes a minute because you might think something's in your top five and then go, no, I guess it's not that high on the list. But really when you do that, you get to be kind of a food snob and go, okay, none of this stuff is my top five favorites. And I really do have these goals in mind. I want to get this five, 10, 20, whatever pounds off. So since this isn't a top five, suddenly you're empowered to go, meh. I'm going to choose to go have protein, fat, and fiber since 
because I like that well enough and I know it's going to make me feel good tomorrow. And since it's not a top five favorite that's in front of me, I'm, I'm better off doing this because you're able to make a choice because you're, mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you were never going to get your food again. And yeah. food is neither good nor bad. It is just food. We just need to change how we think about it. And that takes time. Like, it, unfortunately, like, I wish we could just flip a switch on this conversation and all the light bulbs go off and food um, oh, disordered eating goes away for every listener that gets to hear this conversation. I wish it was that fast. But this thing is really a process and it's a journey and it's about failing forward and doing it bad perfect and showing up again and again, and again, and practicing, because you will get better. Success leaves clues. And so if you've been successful anywhere in life, you can be successful here too. You have to know that that is a truth. It just has been so muddied down because Mm -hmm. there's so much information out there that we're looking for a quick fix, a quick fad. It worked for the neighbor. It might work for me. When really the whole deal is we just really need to learn how to plate how to feed ourselves day in, day out, and then how to manage those thoughtful indulgences that we really want every once in a while. Yeah. And you know, you're absolutely right. It takes time and it it takes a change in your thought pattern to really create some, a a habit that's going to stick with you for long-term. And I think that's, like you said, a lot of people now, because we're so busy and life is go, 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 you know, and we have families and all these things we just want that. Okay. I want to, I want you to just tell me what to eat and I'll just do it so I can mm-hmm. get into my bikini cause I'm going to Mexico or whatever it is. But that's not, if you want lasting change, you know, it really is about learning and educating yourself and rewiring those thought patterns so that you can keep those habits long-term for sure. Yeah. Cause no one wants to come home from Mexico with souvenirs around their waist and have to start no. all over again. No, and that's what happens when you go to Mexico yeah. sometimes. You come home with that five to 10 pound souvenir. It's great. That's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst. It is so true. And when you learn, you know, what, you, what you're coaching women on doing and you're, and you're really teaching them, like, like you said, with the five, your five favorite foods, if they're looking at something at the buffet, let's say, at, you know, and they're in a Mexican all-you-can-eat resort, they're going to say, mm, that's not really my favorite food. No, I'll go over here and I'll, I'll have a little bit more of a healthy meal. So instead of going there and just, you know, literally gorging out on everything, they can make those educated choices and they can really, you know, hold on to all of the efforts that they did before they went on their vacation, because they know how to say yes and no, and, and choose the healthier versions of certain foods. And if they want to indulge, they know they can do it every once in a while in moderation. Right. So yeah. Very, very, uh, very commendable for you to be, you know, kind of going outside the box of mainstream and really being like, no, no, this is really what it's all about. And by you explaining, it's actually pretty simple. Like it really is more simple than people really can understand. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you something about, and I know a lot of us, you know, especially given what's happening in the world, there's a lot of stress and yeah. Besides the whole COVID thing, you know, we are definitely under a lot of stress all the time with our busy lifestyles. And what does chronic stress like? What kind of, what does it play in the whole weight gain and the inability to lose weight, especially as women? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, first off, in like in biology terms, like it causes you to release cortisol, and cortisol is a stress hormone, and it makes your body store fat. A equals B there. So if you are in constant stress 
it is going to be hard for your body to, to lose fat. Like this is the deal. Your body seriously does not know that you are not a cave dweller. It thinks that we are back in the Paleolithic times and a woolly bear just walked past the cave. And it's pretty sure that because you're so geeky stressed out that you're going to be trapped in this cave for like a month because of that woolly bear out there and you're not going to get to eat. So your body's going to protect you so that you can survive this famine and it's going to slow your metabolism way down to hold on to body fat because it thinks you're not going to be feeding it. It's all nervous and this is its way of protecting you. It has no idea that we're not in a food famine. Mm -hmm. So that's really what's happening with stress. Okay, so then there's a secondary layer of stress. Stress is a negative emotion and we have this thing called the feeling spectrum. So picture your left hand and you were to, you know, like say, put it on the hot stove. You'd have to pull it away really fast because it's too hot, it's too painful. It's the extreme bad. And then over on your right hand, you were to put that like on the table and that would represent something so equally happy you can't sustain like Christmas morning or that first bite of chocolate. Like it's hard to get that secondary rush. So when you feel a lot of stress and it's so painful, your body wants you to not feel that stress and it's gonna do whatever it can to help you feel better and feel happier. That is just how our psyches are. So what happens is your brain is gonna override. In the absence of logic, um, emotion, in, in the absence of logic, emotion, emotions override. So what'll happen is here you're feeling the stress your brain says, we got to make you feel happier. Well, society frowns on excessive drinking, stealing, mm -hmm. driving too fast, excessive shopping, gambling. There's all this stuff that you could do that could make you like have a little rush. But since society frowns on it, we kind of slow down on it. But in the nutrition area, nobody's going to get after a girlfriend who's had a bad day and wants Ben and Jerry's or a bag of Doritos. Like, it's fine. So you're feeling the stress. Your body is telling you, go get me some carbs because carbs will solve all my problem. I mean, we don't crave chicken when we're stressed, we crave <laughs> other stuff. So here's what happens, you've got the stress. When you're eating the carbs, it's like your body put a blanket over the problem and numbed it out and that feels really, really good. And then you have the endorphins and serotonin from the delicious ice cream or chips or whatever you were eating. Problem is that food is finite. There's gonna be a point where you're at the end of the ice cream and you're scraping the bottom or you're at the bottom of the chip bag and then now your blood sugar is going to go up and then it's going to crash. And we know how bad that feels. Then your stomach's going to hurt and that feels bad. But really once the blood, once the, the food is gone and the numbing is gone and that happens pretty quick after the food goes away, you're still left with the stress. It's yeah. still there. And now we have the pain of regret, the stomach ache, the disappointment, the discouragement that I did it again. I'm starting all over again tomorrow. So stress is just, it's a bugger. I mean, it will get in and it will just derail you from multiple different places. And some of this, I tell the feeling spectrum story just so that you can know uh, next time you go to food to comfort, that if you're aware that problem is still going to be there when I'm done numbing out, it might slow you down from trying to numb out so much with food. I hope it also helps your listeners feel like they're not the only one, that it's a lot of the human condition, not just my individual not being able to be in enough control or have enough willpower. Yeah, and it's so true. I love how you say that 
because I think when people are going through and it, what you're describing sounds like that emotional roller coaster, emotional eating roller coaster. And I know a lot of people that go through that, they feel like they're alone. They feel like they're the only ones that, you know, and it, it goes back to that poor self-talk and that poor self-image and confidence. And it's all that, oh, you know, I'm horrible. I'm a piece yeah. of S-H-I-T because I did this again. And look, I went through a whole thing of Oreos. And, you know, it's, it's very important to let women especially know that if they're going through stuff like this, it is, it is, it's not normal in the sense that, you know, it's totally okay, but it's, it's normal. They're not alone. There are people out there that are going through the same kind of suffering and there is help and, you know, and just listening to you talk uh, you know, you just, for any listeners that are listening to this right now, if this really resonates, Suze, she is a, a coach in the nutrition space that is so unique. And I have to oh. commend you on that. I have met so many nutritionists and, you know, dietitians and things like that. And your approach is, is so much more unique than what you see out there. So if there's anybody listening, she's amazing. She's a real deal. Definitely need to reach out to her. So Thank I you. know you're welcome. I know you have some pretty amazing programs. Uh, and I would like for you to kind of maybe just briefly uh, let our listeners know what they are and, and who they're for and a little bit about them. Sure. Okay. So three different programs. One is the one-on-one work. I call that babysit my plate. That's for the person who's like, Suze, I got questions and I need to talk to you and I need some answers. I give them access to me. So when they're in the grocery store, they can text or call. Same thing, send me restaurants they're headed to so I can help them with menus in between just our weekly work. Now, the thing is, is that's really intimidating for some people. As unintimidating as I am, that is exposing and some people just aren't ready there. So then I have the virtual courses so that you can learn as if I'm teaching you through your computer. But the one I'm the most excited about This is my love letter back to the world, and it's called SOS, or Sue's on your shoulder, and it's the angel on Mm -hmm. your shoulder. This is, okay, so your listeners can start for seven days free if they want to try it out and see if I'm a fit for them. It is a daily three to four minute sound bite that comes right to the text of your phone. You don't even have to go find me. I come right to you. And remember when you were in third grade and you were learning your multiplication facts and you would do like threes and fours, and then eventually you're working on nines and tens, and then your teacher would bring you back and she'd reinforce threes and fours again. I mean, like we can multiply like it's our job all day long because we learned how to do this. Same idea with the sound bites for SOS. I'm teaching you what you need to know in the right order in small little segments so that you really understand. And then I have all the resources that come via email to backfill it with like the grocery list and the snack list and um, different recipes just to really try and take the overwhelm and the confusion out. And then after seven days of free, like I want everybody to get the the start because that's a great place and great way to change your life. Then it's $15 a month. And the reason I kept it cheap is so that people can get their hands on information like this. It doesn't have to be cost prohibitive and it can go to the masses. Like this is my love letter back to the world. This is the stuff that the younger me wanted to know and I'm trying to tell her. And so that's why I'm so excited about SOS. And then for your listeners at the coupon code, if they put in inspire, then I'm going to send them my four grocery lists in addition to what they already get. And these are the good ones. Like 
what do you really get at Costco? You know, like protein, fat, and fiber. What do you really get at Trader Joe's? Because you can get home with groceries that you think are great and then be like, oh, ambushed again. Because, you know, the labeling is so tricky. Same thing with like what to order online from different online places and then your regular grocery list. That sounds amazing. And honestly, $15 a month, like yeah, that is, that's so affordable for the majority of the people. You know, you think about, think about how much we spend on, let's say Starbucks. We're going to Starbucks every day. Like that's far more than $15 and $15 a month to change your health, your life, and finally get to a point where you feel good about yourself and in control of your weight is so, so important. So that is, wow. For all you guys listening out there, go and check her out. Where, um, before we end, I'm going to ask you one last question to ask everybody, and then I'm going to let our listeners know where to find you. So let's do the one last question that I ask everybody on here. And that is, if you can give our listeners one tip today that would help them to live a healthier, healthier and happier life, what would that be? I would say, okay, I always say today is a good day to start. Like, don't wait until tomorrow. That's tip one. But really what I want to say is in what we've talked about today to stay relevant, just shoot for getting your fiber up to 24 grams a day, starting tomorrow. Just start focusing on getting the fiber number up. Don't worry about all the other stuff. And there's plenty of other stuff to worry about. But just, you can pull up any food you're eating, the nutrition label, look at what the fiber number is, and then just start jotting that number down and start paying attention to getting to 24 grams. The next week, go to 35 and then try and keep it there all the time. What'll happen is you're going to feel nice and full and you'll be regular and you're going to start getting the benefits of the fiber. And I promise you, this is going to change your life. So good. And you know, like you said earlier, fiber is not sexy guys, but it's so important. So do what she says, because she definitely knows what she's talking about. (laughs) So where can we find you after we listen to you today? Where can I send the listeners to learn more about your amazing services? Okay. So everything is Carpenter 180. So Carpenter is my last name and Carpenter's build things. And we're building a new lifestyle. (laughs) One O-N-E because it's one intentional decision one intentional meal day after day, 80, because we're trying to do it 80 days in a row to create a new habit. It takes about 66 days to make a habit. And then the other play on words with 180 is after this amount of time of working hard to build a lifestyle, you'll have turned your life in a completely different direction. So go Carpenter 180, O-N-E-8-0 for Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is where I love to show up because I can show in the highlights and the stories kind of what I'm working on and eating during the day. You'll get to know me a little bit better. And then my website is www.carpenter180.com as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we're going to wrap up now. And I just want to thank you again, Suze, for coming on the show and your wealth of knowledge. And I'm so happy that you were able to inspire our audience today. Thank you for having me. It was absolutely my pleasure. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to Inspire Her Health podcast. If you were inspired about what you heard today, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please help us to inspire more women to live their best by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on your social media. Be sure to tag us at Inspire Her Health so that we may give you a shout out on our social platforms. And thank you for your support. 
If you would like more tips and tricks on how to live a healthier, happier life, be sure to visit us on our online magazine at www.inspireherhealth.com. And while you're there, we would love for you to join our community where you will be automatically entered in for our monthly giveaways, as well as receive weekly wellness challenges and exclusive content to inspire you through mind, body, and life. Thanks again for tuning in. See you in the next episode.